Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Good evening and welcome to another weekly edition of Touchy Gooners. Um, you might hear a different voice today. I'm your host, SV Carboholic. We have a lot of, um, you know, absentees tonight. Some people are running from the grind, you know, we've, uh, after a dismal week, they're nowhere to be seen. So um, um, you're stuck with me tonight, and I'm also joined by the agent of chaos himself, um, Mr. Anson. How are you this evening, sir? I'm good, brother. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Thank you. Um, so just a quick few housekeeping rules just before we get going. Um, thank you for all our patrons. We've had loads of like new guys sign up over the last week or so, so we're going to continue to try and push out content for you um so yeah please do tell a friend to tell a friend and obviously as the summer comes there's going to be i'm sure loads of transfer rumors so we do loads of different pods about you know youth players potential signings so yeah hopefully you guys enjoy the content um do get involved in the conversation using the hash, hashtag touchline fracas and um just finally um i know a couple people have asked to get involved with um the touchline fives so the touchy gunas are currently sitting top of that league we mashed to work on Muga at the weekend. They're running from the ground. They've asked for another rematch, but, you know, we'll crash it on them again. So if you are interested in um, playing for Touchy Gunas for the Touchline Fives, do give us a DM on Twitter and, um, yeah, we can definitely sort that out for you. So, yeah, um, well, Anton, let's go. It's been, yeah, fair to say it's been a depressing week. A week ago, we sat um, four points ahead of Spurs knowing that, you know, a win over Spurs in the North London derby would end the race and we'd be in Champions League. Um, mm. We lost. It can happen, but we lost in the derby, but the race was still in our hands. Spurs won at the weekends um, as well. So we needed to beat Newcastle to take back the ascendancy, but we lost for a second consecutive game. So now the initiative is in Spurs' hands. We do have, you know, a 1% chance if... Um, 
Norwich beat Spurs and we beat Everton, but we've all seen Norwich, they're the worst team in the league. So the likelihood of that happening is very, very unlikely. Um, so for that to transpire and for us to get Champions League, we need massive permutations to go our way this weekend. So it looks highly unlikely. But Anton, I guess what I would ask first is, how would you assess the state of play after what's happened over the last week, you know, considering where we were and the position we were in to where we fall into now? I mean, it's bad, but it's not unexpected bad. Um, obviously, I wasn't on after the Spurs game. I think the approach for the Spurs game, I think it was suicidal. Um, just to just to, to speak on how we got here. And it's funny, um, we went hell for leather in the first half against Spurs or the first 20, 25 minutes. A uh, couple mistakes, cost the game, red card, 1-0 down. You don't really stand much chance away in a derby with those circumstances. And up until those points, we played well. But we didn't need to play. We didn't need to make a game of it. And I think, without going into too much detail about that game, anyone that's watched Spurs under Conte, they're not good at breaking teams down. They're only good in transition and when you come at them and they've got two killers that that cause massive problems when you do things like that so that was a problem then i'm currently re-watching the newcastle game and the lack of tempo in our play in the first half this they played this game like a game they didn't have to win and they played the spurs game like a game that they did have to win so would you have a how would you have approached the Spurs game? Would you have gone a bit more Spurs, um, defensive? I, I, would, you, would you have just yeah, I mean, let him come I mean, into your a four a four a four five one or which can be the three whatever formations don't mean much, but you got you got to let them have to force the issue. You have to let them force the issue, and then on the break, like like do you remember the the home game? Do you remember? I know they're a different outfit now, but do you remember the second goal? On, on the break, yeah, and you just have Odegaard in the pocket, Saka really wide, and you just let him find him, and Ketia, and Ketia can get him behind. They had Dyer and Sanchez at the back. The right back gets really high. Um, Martinelli's pace. We we could have killed them on the break. We could have forced them. We could have we could have made the most boring boring first half in the history of football. In the second half, they would have had to come at us because they needed to win. There would have been spaces in behind. We could have killed. In Saka and Martinelli and Odegaard, you've got one player up that can find people really well, and two that can run in behind and at people really well. Three, in fact, and then Ketia as well. And we just um yeah I would have I would have been way more patient I would have been it would have been a lot slower and we would have just we'd have just saw at the first half and then hit them on the break in the second that that would have been the most simple way to play that game because El Nenny was doing a great job on Harry Kane Harry Kane couldn't find any space El Nenny was the screen one of the centre backs was getting up behind him Kane could Kane barely touched the ball until he got that pen do you know what I mean Son in behind. Um, withholding, but then, you know, how much damage is he going to cause from 30, 40 yards up the pitch when he's going to go the ball that high? So, again, there was loads of things that didn't need to happen. It was, it was badly managed, that game. Badly, badly managed. 
Yeah, so, so one of my issues with that game as well was, you know, you spoke about the fact we had quite a cavalier approach. We didn't need to win it. Um, and, and, you know, this is my issue. We played, and obviously our style is we want to play a high line. We want to, you know, press. We want to force the issue. We want to pin teams back. But my thing is we have, you know, Holden, who we all know is is more of a low block defender, can't defend big spaces in behind, isn't good in 1v1 duels. And, he had Cedric on that side as well. Do you know what I mean? So I felt like that was just ripe for playing into Spurs' hands, um, especially when he put Tomiyasu over onto we've, the other side as well. A really, really good 1v1 defender. Tomiyasu is really, really good 1v1. Mm. Say Maximum gave him a bad day the other day, but you mm. don't see many people get a lot of change out of him. I, I don't understand why you would... Moore is not a threat, really, and truthfully. He's quick, but... He can't it wasn't even it, it wasn't even more a start. It was Kula, Kulazewski. Was it? Oh, started on the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm thinking because I watched their game against um, Burnley. Burnley. Burnley yeah. 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 I don't know much about that guy. Apparently, he's good. I've only seen a few games. He, he looks alright, but still, he's not the biggest danger. If you're gonna if you're gonna shut out one of those two, it has to be Sun. You have to have your stronger man on Sun, especially when he's capable on either side. So. Yeah, you're right. It, that 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 the fullback decision was was baffling. Because um, because let, let me ask you this: because the same thing happened last season. You know, we if you remember back to obviously when we had the semi finals against Villarreal in the Europa League, and obviously Tierney shock was injured, so we had to move Xhaka out of position to left back. But all, by doing that, we weakened ourselves in midfield, and you know we normally like to push the left back high in build up. Um, so, you know, in the summer, we all thought, okay, cool. We bought Tavares, we took a cheap punt so that, you know, if Tini was out, which we know he's going to be at certain points during the season, we wouldn't have to change our style um, stylistically. But as it turned out, it transpired that Tavares is not someone the manager wants to rely on. So at crunch time again this season, you know, if you remember, what was it? I can't remember. So the Palace game. We lost 3-0. He put Tavares at left-back and he took him off at half-time. Put Xhaka left-back. Next game at home to... Bro we lost that. Next game at home to Brighton. He puts Xhaka left-back. Plays Lokonga midfield with ESR and Odegaard. But Brighton's PMP midfield outwork ours and we struggled again in any sort of foothold in that game. We lose it again. Next game, he decides to bring Tavares back in. But we go 1-0 down to Southampton despite having like 80% of the ball the whole game. So... You know, I think one of the things that annoys me is that our season has tanked twice back on, on the back of the fact that, you know, Arteta hasn't found a solution to the fact that, you know, when Tierney's out, he he doesn't trust Tavares. And we now have to reconfigure the whole back line because he didn't trust Tavares in the North London derby. He put Tommy Yasu at left back. But by trying to fix one problem, he then compounded another. Because... Another one and a bigger one. I don't really get the Tavares thing because I remember a lot of people said that Saka ruined him when we played Benfica um, and that he wasn't very good. I remember people saying that. I didn't remember much about him. Um, but it was apparent within a couple of games that, you know, this guy was going to be a bigger hindrance than a, than a than a bonus to us. And um, he doesn't make the type of errors that you see a defender improve. Does that make sense? 
Like you, there doesn't seem to be any defensive thinking in him at all. And now that his confidence has been completely shattered, he's a liability. He's a liability. So I can I can understand why you wouldn't play him. I just think if you're gonna make that sacrifice, you may you put Cedric left back before you put Tommy Asu there. Um, for me, I might be wrong, but if I was if I had to do that, Cedric's capable at left back. But by capable, I mean he's not much worse at left back than he is at right back. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so but but what gets me now is that. We know Tierney's going to miss significant periods of the season. We we have the data and the evidence for that now. But now it looks like in addition to all the transfer work we're going to need to do in offensive positions in the summer, we're going to need to go and buy another fullback, you know, mm-hmm. another fullback, another left-back. And you could even argue we might need to buy a right-back because Tommy Asu missed four months of the season. He was absent from January to what, April, like, you know. I think he started 18, 18 league games. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when he came in because remember after we lost the first three games, we bought him, yeah. and then he he played he played like consistently. I think for about yeah. like three three four months. But then since that, and obviously I think then he had a problem, and then Arteta rushed him back, and then that compounded a problem. And then yeah, yeah, we basically didn't see him for ages. But you know, uh, Dan Coog showed me looking through his injury history at Bologna, he looks like someone who has quite a few problems himself as well. So oh really? He, it's, it's, yeah, I thought I thought. I'd only heard of him when the day we signed him. I'd never heard of him yeah. before. But no, no, no. Yeah, I, no, no. Like, like you, I didn't know much about him previously. But now, because he spent so much time out, you know, and Leroy was saying normally, a, a, normally a calf injury it can keep you out for like six weeks, but it's not supposed to keep. That's like people that he was the player that got banned because of that dodgy card against Leeds, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that had I a remember. Small bit, small bit of racism, but. Yeah. <laughs> You see, you see, now the issue we have, Anton, going forward, considering how Arteta is so keen on build-up from the back, we have two full-backs who might miss, you know, they play, what, like 60% of the season max. So then what are we going to do now? Are we going to have to... And the, cause, and, the, cause... and the killer is about this is that we've only played, what? 30, played 40 30. games in all comps? 40, 43 yeah, 40. games in all comps? Yeah, we had to we semi finals. We got semi finals of league, fourth cup, round, but we went out straight away in the FA Cup. Yeah, we didn't, we yeah. didn't get so to the we played round. six league cup games and one FA Cup game. Or was mm-hmm. it two FA Cup games? Did Forest knock us out in the fourth round? No, no, third round, third round, was it third round? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven. So we played 44 games. So, yeah, so in and, and it looks like you know, in addition to what we're going to need to do offensively in the summer, we're going to need to we're going to need to do more defensively. So, all right, let's, let, let's, move, let's move on past that. Obviously, we've lost the Spurs. We've lost to Newcastle now. Um, I thought the Newcastle, obviously, the, the lads touched on it on the Patreon piece, but these guys looked... I mean, I mean, to cut it short, we bottled it. It was, it was a massive bottle. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I'm watching, I'm watching the game right now, right? There's, there's no intensity. The, what Newcastle done is they stopped us playing out so they're three midfielders and they're and they're three attackers. They got really high, really narrow, and you'd you'd have like twelve football players in a thirty yard area. So we couldn't get out. The only out ball would be to the right back. The right back wants to then try and play through Saka. By then everyone's in position. 
Where we where we are a good side. I don't think we're as good a side as everyone else. But where we are a good side is that we're good in transition. If we if if we beat the first stage of the press, we get it out high and wide quickly. We we look really good, and and that is good. However, once you nullify that threat, I don't see there being much threat in this team. But that's that's how I see it. Not everyone agrees, but. Um, Newcastle made sure they put a stop to that. They had 67% possession in the first half. Right. So and we didn't press at all. Yeah. Well. So we didn't press at all. There was this, not yeah. and, and And I was I was about to ask about that. What why do you think we looked so lifeless? Because when I there was a break in play in the first half, and you could tell Arteta was gesticulating at these guys like he was vexed. Like, so what why do you think there was such a lack of what is it? Urgency, intensity. I know, obviously, we probably we had to patch up Gabriel and White. Neither of them were fit, so we probably, obviously, chuck. But they weren't even the issue for me, really. Mostly in this game, it was. Are you, are you ever? I know. I know we got a really good record against Newcastle, mm. but you know, and maybe it's it's from the old days. But I'm always nervous of Arsenal. Twelve o'clock Saturday and away games, and evening away games I, I don't have much faith in us you know when the crowd's really aggressive mm, mm, mm. you know I, I just I don't know and I just I look at this team and there isn't any I hate these cliches like battling and warriors and no that. no no I, I agree with you everyone outside of outside of Shaka and Gabriel is there mm. anyone in our team that's aggressive so, yeah, right, so let's 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 stick on this point, and, and let me ask you because in the defeats to Palace um, away, Brighton at home, and now Newcastle away, there were three key themes. These guys were very very athletic in midfield. They were very aggressive in how they pushed and pressed us, and we seem to have no answer. So when that happens, there are there are different ways you can combat aggressive teams. You know, you have City who you know have loads of technicians who can manage different game states because they can pass through pressure. Um, and then you have, you know, you have players who, and this is, you know, and that was a Wenger method of trying to, you know, combat maybe teams who were maybe trying to push onto us because, um, and one of the things that annoys me about our current midfield is that bar party, we have nobody who is comfortable on the ball under pressure, nobody who can take the ball under in certain situ any situation and triple out. Like if you think back to, you know, you talk about even just simple examples like Wilshire Rizitsky. You know, these guys would always receive the ball under pressure and they could just carry the ball 40, yeah. 50 yards upfield and that would alleviate pressure on you. So the and and so this is one of the things I think 100% needs to be addressed in the summer, the fact that we don't have midfielders who are good at multiple things. You know, you, you know we talk about Xhaka who, you know, he can pass well when he's got loads of time, when it's at the right angle and when he's not under much pressure. You know, El Nenny is a safe, a very safe, you know, pair of hands, but the, the, the he's, safest he's, he's, football yeah, player the, the, the safest football player ever, but he's, you know, he's so predictable and, and then he's never going to do anything that's going to, you know, wow you. And, and, you know, you know, we talk about during the period where we were decent and everyone was fit between December and uh, March where, you know, we had party picking up the ball and he was fizzing it through the lines quickly. Do you know what I mean? People, the ball was progressing really, really quickly. And that's, so I, you know, I, for me, one of my biggest bones of contention and what I need to see in the summer is we need new midfielders, man. I can't, you know, and obviously we've spoken about Tierney and Tomiyasu being Crocs. Party, who never had any previous history of injuries prior to Arsenal, has that missed significant... That he's on, uh, isn't mate, it? You really? know, that, 
that or your ball woman he's he's linking from Basildon is, is, oh, is, is, is yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah so the I've always because, had yes. a theory about football managers and, and their teams always being a representation of the player that they they were, if mm. not always, often. And when you look at the players that Arteta's brought in, you can see why a player that was like the player Arteta is likes these guys. If you look at, you know, they're all they're all tidy, they're all clean cut there's even down to party party is a passer of a football isn't he he's a very tidy he's, he's he's exceptional at it but he's very tidy everyone's just calm and tidy outside of gabriel like mari white cedric tommy they all can just tidily move a football but nobody can carry a football nobody mm. can do anything crazy with a football even even William wasn't really a carrier and that's the only attacking signing that he's made Odegaard mm. he's not a carrier he's, he's a mover he's, he's, and, and, and and I was I was just about to say that as well it's he 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 struggled actually big time against Newcastle when you you see Bruno G the amount of times he took the ball off him you know he, he, he literally good he's really really he's yeah he's he's a fantastic player so obviously he and but one another, I'm watching another big problem we have is, is that they were committing players into tackles. We we mm-hmm. we don't have out. Saka runs with the ball, mm. Martinelli runs with the ball. But unfortunately for Martinelli, because he's on the left, he can only run outside. Mm-hmm. So you know we've got Saka could come inside. There's no one else that really carries it, mm. and and and, 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 I, and that's the problem. Like when you look, Musa Sissoko is rubbish, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got a different change of gear. He carries a ball. You're gonna mm-hmm. see Bore carry the ball against mm-hmm. us. Sunday. You're gonna you're gonna see it at some point. Like you need people that can run. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I find some aggression. We did. No, no, I agree with you. I just think our midfield is too static. You know, uh, we we don't have enough guys who can do enough things with the ball at their feet. You know, if you're gonna that, that's yeah. a problem in, in football in this day and age, though, and I, I've been I've had a problem with it for years when midfielders. Have now become free parts. They are rather than, yeah, rather than you know, it's cliche again. But when I grew up, midfielders, you could do this, you could do that, you could do a bit of everything, isn't it? But now, is you've got a tackler, you've got a passer, you've got a runner, you've got a scorer, you've got. It's never ah, oh, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. This Bruno Gumari. I, I was, I was just about to say. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He looks like he, he looks like an old school midfielder. He can do a bit he, of everything. He does. He does everything. And yeah. you know we've been talking about him in the group chat. We've been linked with Bruno been constantly his name for years, for, for, the, for, the, for the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah so yeah, well, I don't I mean, quite understand why. I don't think they. This is what I said. Me and Sol said earlier. I don't. I don't think they wanted to bring anyone in in general mm-hmm. because even Arthur as well. If Arthur was the biggest link. Arthur doesn't carry the ball. No, no, he's he's, he's more of a he, he's a dictator. He just wants to get on the ball, like he's pop a, it, he, pop he, it, he, pop he, it, and move. He's the same, from what I remember of him, I haven't seen him for a couple of years. I only saw him a few mm. times at Barca. Mm-hmm. But he's the player El Nenny's pretending to be. Yeah, 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 100%. But you see, with Bruno, I feel like he would fix so many different problems. You know, as we transition now to a 4-3-3, he played more of a, as a six in this game, but he can play high up. Like, he tackles, he wins the ball, he's securing possession, he's creative. He's got a goal. For, he scored five goals, Anton. He only joined in January, by the way. 
He's yeah. had nine starts and he scored five goals. Do you know what I mean? So he's he's a, he's just a really good player. And he looks, and you know what I like about him as well? He's got the intensity and aggression for this league as well. Gets stuck in, doesn't have a problem as well. I just think he was a really, really good signing. And this is someone who's been opening his legs for Arsenal for ages. Maybe. So you can you can only conclude that they just they they just they didn't want him, which is which is a shame because you know I, I think he would have. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like they were happy with the options that they had, even down to you know we scored what fifty six goals in the league last season, and we didn't bring in a single attacking player in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So okay, let's because so so we we've just we've just covered the fact that we think we need to revamp midfield attack. Um, how would you revamp it? Bearing in mind, obviously, Lacazette contract expiring, we're not going to give him a new one. Eddie, we've tried to, but supposedly he's rejected quite a few contracts, which means at a minimum, we need to buy two forwards in the summer. You need to buy two strikers, or or you buy one top striker and you mm. focus on Martinelli as your backup striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it also a proper left winger, mm. and because well. Because I've just mentioned a right-footed left winger as well. Yeah, because I've just mentioned the fact that um, Lacazette and Eddie are both likely to go. Also, um, Pepe is also likely to go. We've seen that yeah. he's changed his agent. He's he looks like oh, Arteta never uses him, so obviously Arteta is very much done with him. So could that be three attackers then? Would you say, especially as we're going to be in well, we know we're going to be in the Europa League next season. Yeah, well, if you you could. <laughs> So you need to find a way of making of getting two into one kind of thing. So you buy those like Gabriel Jesus, for example, is a, is a mm. perfect one because mm-hmm. you know he can play through the middle, he can play wide. So you know mm. he he gives you two options in one player, and you're gonna need a couple of those. But that costs a lot of money, and mm. when people know you're desperate as well, mm-hmm. it costs even more money. I don't think if you look at what Arsenal needs. So Arsenal really, if you say we need. Two backup fullbacks. I, I I think I think we need minimum like six. I think we need like six players. We, we so for me six players in in one window. I mean they did last summer, but I don't and know if they'll I, do yeah, that again no, this summer. So that's, will they do it this summer as well? And then if you look at it this way as well, is that let's just say if you bring in six or seven players to to, and what level are you trying to get to these players? Because one one of the biggest problems I've had with the way Arsenal fans have behaved this season is that the amount of money you spend it indicates where you want to be and where you should be, in my mm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if you spend 150 million to me, you know, and you miss the top four by six points, you don't spend 150 million to get Europa League football. It doesn't make any sense. So if you then go and spend another two hundred million this summer What's the expectation? Because you don't spend three hundred and fifty million pounds in two two seasons, and then say, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, hopefully we make top four. You have to make it when you're spending money like that. Hundred percent, really and truthfully. If you're spending three hundred and fifty million within two seasons, you need you should be challenging for the title if you're one of the teams that was already operating at the top end. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, I don't mm-hmm. think you can say, "Oh, yeah." We got a three hundred and fifty million pound outlay over two seasons, but you know we, we're not looking to. We don't expect to mount title challenges. To me, that's money spent poorly. Mm-hmm. It might, be. Mm-hmm. but you know, it, uh, all, it all depends. Maybe the scouting's been really good. You know, maybe they've seen a lot of bargains and bonuses. I've 
I haven't seen any indication that you know we're we're good at identifying talent that you can get on the low. And I think I think um, that uh, last week Dan put into the chat. Um, there's a lot of players who have contracts expiring in 2023. Um, now some of them I don't think we'd be able to get, especially without Champions League football. So you know, guys that fit into that category are guys like Gnabry, guys like Sterling. So these guys all have like um, a year left on their deal. Um, obviously, there is, you know, Gabriel Jesus, who we've been heavily, heavily linked with. And that looks like it might be one which is feasible. Um, you know, Tielemans is obviously a name we've been linked with. And, you know, we we don't necessarily think ourselves he can he can move the needle. But he's someone with a year left on his deal. You've got um, Fabio Ruiz from Napoli, who's been linked with a lot of top clubs as well. So it looks like there might be, it, it depends how smart they are with the scouting. Rashford's contract expires in 2023. Um, Jan Oblak, Gavi from Barcelona, Koulibaly, Memphis Depay, uh, Thomas well, Lamar, Asensio, Hussam Alwar, Alwar's contract expires in 2023, um, Graven, Ryan Graven, Bircher Ajax, but he looks like he's going to Bayern. Looks like he's going to Bayern. Um, so uh, Renato Sanchez, um, another option. So there are some decent so players. There's, there's, there's players that can be bought. Without mm. spending uh, crazy yeah. amounts of money this summer, yeah, yeah. So, I guess I, I guess looking at it this way, because obviously I know that you're not a fan of Arteta, and and you know at any other big club, I also agree with you. He probably would have been dismissed by now. So, yeah. So if he was at Chelsea, he would have been sacked four times. So if we look at it this way, um, what? do you think is going to be the minimum expectation going into next season? No, no, knowing we know he's not going to get sacked. And they but see, the thing do. is, I, I, the, the way this club's operating at the minute, and that's the mm. fan base, the, the board, it doesn't seem like it matters what the expectation is because you are freely allowed to miss it and there's no reprimand. You, you, you can have an objective and you can miss it and everyone's fine with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it would seem, you know. People will spend all season telling lies, saying that you know Europa League was the target. Europa League was the target. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish, and it's so obvious that it's rubbish. And yet, here we are. He's going to get away with it again. I would I would ask all the all the people that are cool with that is, can you honestly sit here now, me and you in this conversation, and say? That you expect Arteta to put to, to 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 gain more points than to shell Ten Hag, Conte, Pep, and Klopp next season? No, from anyone, from, from, my, from my personal standpoint, no. And this is what I'm saying. So we're already up against it with him in charge and them. We're already up against it to 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 get anywhere near the top four. I guess, I guess the way to look at it, um, even though it might not necessarily be this case, because obviously when, you know, Chelsea fans were expected, well, we were told Chelsea would be having a title challenge at the start of the season. They, well, they haven't flopped, but they've fallen quite short. United, you know, after signing Ronaldo, Varane, Sancho, we were being told by a lot of people that they would be going for the title. They fell quite short. Well, I mean, I say quite short. They've completely capitulated. They've been a disgrace this season. They, they, uh, they, but yeah, they, they, they made. They should have sacked 
Ole before. I mean, the, the, he finished second last season there, so you can't really get rid of him. I mean, you can you can have an objective to. I don't think they went into the season expecting to win the title, and you come second. There's not really a great deal you can do. I get it. Um, and they wanted to. They clearly wanted to push the button as soon as they could this season. I don't understand the decision they made with the interim manager. Hmm. Not with two thirds of the season to go. That to me is insanity. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. So we have a and, and even then, how, how, how much ahead of them are we even? Is it what six points? United. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to check the table. Hang on one second. Uh, let's take a look. Eight points. Eight point eight eight points. Yeah, we're eight points ahead of United. Eight points. So and they and they've given and they give up in November. But we, I mean. Fifth and sixth for Europa, so it looks like we'll be in Europa with United next season anyway. So who's their last game? They might lose. They have Palace at oh. home, I believe. So or is it away? I'm not even sure, but they've got Palace definitely. So, and I think they will want to because they will want to avoid not being in the Europa Conference, which West Ham are currently in. So yeah, if they lose out of Europe, then in the Europa, yeah, Conference. in the Euro in the Europa Conference. So. Oh. Um, and I think, you know, I, both Arsenal and United will, will take Europa seriously anyway because it's an avenue into the Champions League. You've just mentioned the fact that there's going to be heavy, heavy competition. Yeah, I think that would be our best bet next so season. So if, if we've got... This season. Right, so if you've got Liverpool and City, who we know are assured, yeah, you know, that's, two, that's two of the top four spots taken. So then that leaves Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Spurs. Um, I don't know if you want to add anyone else in there, but that's a minimum of four teams battling for two spots. Um, yeah. next season. Yeah, the so, Europa League is our best bet, I reckon. So, I, I think both teams will probably end up taking Europa serious next season. So, um, I guess one question I have for you is I... We've spoken about Arteta not buying forwards and obviously he inherited a £170 million forward line and, you know, the debate is whether he could have got more from it or whether, you know, they were just the busted flush. But as we've seen with Robbie, he's gone to Barca and, you know, he's done well since he's been there, since in Jan. Um, obviously, Pepe, arguably pound for pound, our worst ever signing. Um, I, I also think Lacazette is not very far behind, to be honest. And probably, I don't know how he's managed to escape so much criticism considering considering he cost 52 million. He's never hit 20 in all yeah, cops people for Arsenal talk, once. Yeah, people talk about him like he's, he's been here. He was a 20 million bargain or... At the end of his career, we spent fifty million on a on a on a thirty-seven goal a season striker in his prime. At Leon, yeah, it's and he's, so he's... underwhelming, it's unbelievable. Massively, massively, right. massively. Right. So, in answer to that question, I don't know if you saw on the Touchline main account today. I had a I had a pop at someone. Um, I'm going to read the exchange to you. So, there's an Arsenal fan. I won't I won't name him. But he said, take Son and Kane away from Spurs and they wouldn't be in the top four. Give Arsenal the quality of Kane and Son and we are in. It's not anything about Conte's class. It's about having two top-class attackers. Arteta doesn't. And we would have those in the summer. Now, here's the thing for me, right? In the Premier League this season, Harry Kane and Son have scored 37 goals between them and they've created 15 goals between them, right? In the Emery season in 2018-19, Aubameyang and Lacazette scored 35 between them and had 13 assists, right? That's not far off Kane's son. And the gap between 
Auburn, Kane at that and now, I don't think is great. I think if you said you prefer Auburn at that time to this Kane, I got no problem with it. Um, Kane better footballer, but you know, here we are. The gap between Sun and La- and that Lacazette is astronomical, right? Fair. And the gap is two goals and two assists. Arteta, in the season that we had Arteta for half the season, Aubrey and Lacazette got 32 goals between them and seven assists. Mind you, this is mainly Aubameyang, but nonetheless, the two of them on the pitch, we scored a lot more goals. We did. Arteta came in and decided he didn't want to use the two of them together. Yeah, and and one one of my biggest one of my biggest biggest problems with Arteta is that he puts himself before the needs of the team, and that's 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 what I hate about him, is that, all right, you haven't got shit. Lo- well, you have got shit loads of money because you spent shit loads of money, and you wanna you wanna build from the back. You wanna buy keepers, defenders, and midfielders, and you wanna work up that way. That's fine you got to find a way to get the most out of what you have in the forward line then. It's, it's, do you know what? It's, it's interesting you say that as well because, funnily enough, he used that front three and that delivered the FA Cup in his first six months, right? Um, but then he in the summer, he went and bought William. Well, a free transfer William joined and that marginalised Pepe. Um, and he, he didn't seem... But, but it was crazy because at the end of that season, Pepe massively outscored William anyway. So, But it seems... To me, like he was never, is is it incumbent on the manager to get? Because obviously he inherited that front line, so it's incumbent on him to get the best out of that. Or do you think if he's not keen on them and he wants to sort of push them out? And because because some would argue playing devil's advocate, that's why he's not signed any forwards. We know for a fact he's going to sign forwards this summer. But do you think the presence of that front three hindered what he could do offensively or no because he's been given a free reign look he he fell out of Bamiang and he got given away you know he fell out of Brazil and he got given away so you know he's allowed to not use Pepe at all you know so he's had he's been given the power he's used the power he's 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 made a conscious decision not to use these guys so I don't I don't think he could use that excuse for him he's made choices which he should be allowed to do. If you're the manager of a football club, you should be able to decide this is the guy I want and these are the guys I don't want. That's fine. But if you don't have the... Res- like Diego Costa at Chelsea under Conte. Conte hated him. Couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand him. But you know what? I need you to win me the title. And Costa said that after the season was born, Conte just texted him and said, I don't want you no more. But you got what you needed out of him for the benefit of your team. Yeah? Arteta, he puts himself before the team. I don't like you. So we're gonna we're gonna struggle for the rest of the season and not score any goals. And here we are. Cause I I, I guess a way to look at it is, you know. We didn't get top four mainly because we didn't score enough goals this season. That was a big part of the reason why we, we, we haven't finished off. So the argument, some, and I think it's valid to make, is that even if you fell out with Oba, could Oba could have been the difference between us and top four right now. Mate, Aubameyang nicks a goal in that game at Burnley at home. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? Oh, we win yeah. that game. 
1-0. We're joint with Spurs now. Aubameyang probably nicks a goal in the Southampton away. He probably nicks a goal against Brighton before they get their third, before they get their second as well. And, and like, these, We're not saying, oh, you know, Aubameyang will turn into Messi of 2012 when he'd run past the whole flipping City and Liverpool team and score. But those crappy little games there where we haven't got nothing, Auburn might nick a goal in this Newcastle game when it's 1-0 or when it's 0-0. Like those are the games that he nicked goals in, and those those little things there, they get you points, three points. Do, do, do you know? Do you know what's crazy to me? Like, cool, you've decided that Aubameyang isn't fit for purpose anymore. Because let's be honest, first half of the season he was thinking anyway. We yeah, didn't see up. that, he but he didn't. But, he didn't deserve a starting place at yeah. the point. But shit, that no but, way. But, 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 you, but, you, but you see what my issue is? Is that cool? You tried to chase Vlahovic and. All the reports were saying that Blavic wasn't picking up any phone calls from it. So you you were flogging a dead horse for like a whole month who was never interested in joining anyway. And he always wanted to join Juve. Cool, you can lose someone to Juve. I'm not even mad at that. However, however, if you're going to ostracise Oba, you need to get another option in. Even if, cool, you missed out on Vlahovic. You needed to get someone in on loan. You, there was no way, bearing in mind... Jovic had not even sitting at Real Madrid doing nothing all year. Bear in mind, you had not trusted Lacazette and Eddie. You hadn't yeah. trusted them. It's you had not literally. You had barely used. You had not used Enketia up until like a month ago, pretty much the whole season. You had barely used him. So it was insane to me that, considering the position we found ourselves in, that's what we went with: Lacazette and Eddie. You know, and you know what? And obviously, we all saw that Eddie interview where he said, you know, people were criticizing him. He was like, "Listen." I've never even had a run of like three, four games at Arsenal. You know, if I have that and I don't score, cool, criticize me. But you know what? He had like a run of three, four games and he he bagged a few, which kind of just showed. Got four and, goals and, in five games or six. Right, goals. and this is not me bigging up Eddie or hailing him as some sort of you know second coming, but it really shows how much we were in the mud with Lacazette because I, you know, what really used to grate me, and if you remember at the time as well, you remember in that no, December funny. March period. No, it's funny. I think if we'd started Lacazette in this Newcastle game, we would have done a lot better. You think we would have held it up and maybe sustained pressure? You know what it is, is that he, the way he drops into midfield, he would have given us an extra body. So where they, where they got, so, where they made it so compact and we couldn't get out, Lacazette would have helped us get out. Whether we would have been able to do anything at the other end of the pitch with a two on four, because he would have taken him half hour to get up there to join in, I don't know, but we would have got out a bit easier. But, but you see what my problem was, and, and you might have been right there as well, but Newcastle left a lot of space in behind, you know. Their centre-backs were Dan, Byrne and Fabian Shed. They're not fast, do you know what I mean? So so, so we, we, we could have exploited it, you know, we could have used your method, you know, mm. in terms of Lacazette dropping deep and maybe releasing one of the wide guys, or we could have just gone over the top. Like, we literally couldn't keep the ball for longer than, like, two... We couldn't stream more than, like, two, three passes together. Even the, even the subs were baffling. It's like they came on with no instruction. Like, Pepe just came on and got told, yeah, get the ball and run. Like, yeah, it, was... it didn't look like there was anything going on. They, this game should have ended 4-0. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were we were well, well beaten. It, yeah, it wasn't it's... even like we had nothing all game. It should have been... Yeah. If, if it finished 3-4-0 to Newcastle, it would not have flattered them at all. It would not have flattered them. So, yeah, man, I think, you know, it's a lot of pain, suffering with, with how the last week has panned out. So it just looks like a bit of a shit show at the moment. But, you know, we're going to, he's going to get the summer. Um, I actually, I have a question here, you know, one of the listener questions. 
which was from a fella called uh, Mo Mackie 98. He says, this finish feels a lot like the Emery season. If we start poorly next year and Arteta gets sacked, who do we replace him with? Bearing in mind that, you know, I think a lot of the best managers are, are, yeah, are, are taken up now. Ten, ten, ten Hag was arguably the last one. And then that one, he's now Yeah, gone. they've all gone to our rivals. I, I, I mean, the, 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 easy, the easy shout, and this is without being too clued up on, the world's managers would be Pochettino. I don't think he'll be at PSG. And I think at least Poch has proven that he's capable of of being the underdog. You know? Um, and everything, everything that's in this Arsenal squad... You know, and one of the biggest excuses that's been used for this failure of this season is that we have a young squad. Well, Poch came second and third with a squad younger than the one we currently have. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. came second and third with... Um, was Wenger still in the league then? With Wenger in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conte in the league. Pep in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jose in the league. And Klopp in the league. Um, so Pochettino has at least proven that he is capable of taking a young side with inferior players and pushing them up that level and, you know, over-delivering against mm-hmm. his rivals. Arteta's never over-delivered. And I think if you're going to manage Arsenal in the in an era where City exists and Chelsea exists and United's money exists, you have to over-deliver or you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. That it's as simple as that. That as we saw with Wenger, Wenger, I've been an Arsenal fan since 1990. Yeah. Wenger's not the only manager I knew, but by far and away the best one I knew. Do you know what I mean? And he delivered the the, the minimum expectation and it wasn't good enough. Do you know what I mean? Just just qualifying for a competition and getting battered in it wasn't good enough. So you need somebody that's gonna over deliver. So we, we've, we've got, just to rebuttal your point, we've got Mackie who's asking, Poch always seems to lose the dressing room now. It happened in Spurs and, and now at PSG. Uh, do you agree with that? Or I mean, I think at Spurs he went stale. I think he was there too long. And I, th- I think that is a big problem um, in football nowadays. I think players get really bored of managers and managers get really bored of clubs. And I, I think people go stale. We saw it with Howard Bournemouth. Um so I, 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 one of the biggest things about Klopp is how Klopp has managed to to not go stale and has consistently reinvented this Liverpool team. But um, so oh, I, I was I was going to say to that point as well because I think this is the longest both Klopp and Pep have been at one club, yeah. and it, obviously Klopp's now renewed. Apparently Pep is going to renew at City again as well. It's probably would, would maybe they a competition. Have that long if the other one wasn't here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean, there's there's a level of competition that keeps it. Mm. exciting and it keeps there's always a challenge mm. do you know what mm. i mean so there's so there's that um i wouldn't judge potch of losing the psg dressing room you're always on a losing battle in there mm-hmm. because you you're never going to have more power than the people that's there mm-hmm. you know i mean and you get given a star and you get told right this is what you pochettino's got no right to tell messi to run after people and press do you know what yeah, i mean yeah you, you I, I, can't do I, it I, I, I also think, you know, when you're managing 
such like a, a glut of superstars, it becomes more about managing egos rather than what you're well, doing Angela, tactically. Angela uh, done so well at big clubs, uh, Madrid, yeah, and Chelsea, mm. yeah. That's that's why because he found a way that you know. I trust you to know what's best for you. Yeah, I was. I, I didn't. Um, I've, someone pointed out his book. I've never read it, but someone pointed out a quote in his book. He said, "When you get to a certain level with certain players, it's less tactically. It's more about, you know, the the in, the in person stuff." Because I've always found it interesting. Not many players have ever fallen out with Ancelotti, um, and it was in, Lampard even said he was the best manager he ever mm. had. So he does seem to be someone who seems to massage the egos of players. Well, players seem to. And what I've really found interesting, players seem to score, his team score a lot at Chelsea. You know when they won the double, you know nine. Yeah, Drogba's best goal scoring. Yeah, and Elka scored a lot that season. Yeah, um, and you've got now Benzema at the age of 34, 35, who's having his best ever goal scoring season as well. So, it, yeah, 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 it is interesting. Um, Sam Fisher asked, "Would you take Luis Enrique to be Arsenal manager?" I don't know, and it sounds nuts because what he achieved in that Barca side, mm-hmm. with that Barca side, was crazy, and not many people have ever done that. But how much of that was him? How much of that was them? I don't. I don't actually know the answer to that. So, I, I would. I would have turned my nose up at it. I'm a bit anti-Spanish mm-hmm. managers at the bit. Scottish <laughs> for him as well, so I've been burnt a bit. But I would I wouldn't turn my nose up at Enrique. I'd um turn my nose up at it. David Ade says, Remember when us Arsenal fans wanted Allegri? He stayed as hell. He's yeah, those were bad days because I was proper on that train. I was I was all prepared to forgo all my football principles just to start winning. <laughs> I would have been so mad. What? Yeah, that that was a shocking shout from. And 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 you, you know what's crazy? Um, they bought Vlahovic in Jan. He was bagging hella goals at Fiorentina. It's gone stale as hell for him at Juve. Yeah, Again. but one of the things as well which people always miss us and us. I, I was very. I said it very vocally about Jack Grealish before he went to City. Is that there's a massive difference when you're a footballer in being the guy and being one of the guys. Mm. And when you when you're on Vlahovic and you're the top dog at Fiorentina. And every week there's questions about your future, and the club's got to suck up to you. And you're this, and they haven't had a product like you since Batistuta in the 90s. Do you know what I mean? You're a big deal. But you go into that Juve dressing room and you're around guys that have. Chilini and Benucci won the World Cup, innit? They was around them times. Yeah, uh, 06 were they around? I'm not even sure. Well, I mean, they won the Euros. Yeah, so they won the Euros. They've won countless titles. All yeah, of a yeah. sudden, you don't matter like that. This is Juventus. Mm-hmm. Like, you're mm-hmm. just. You're, you're fortunate to be here. You're the small guy from Fiorentina. So the ego thing that comes with those kind of falls down the pecking order and the hierarchy, I wouldn't I wouldn't write Vlajevic off, but I would say it's, it's, it's very different when you're that guy compared to being one of the guys. Um, Sam Fisher asks, do you think after last year's young recruitment drive, do you think Arteta will target experienced players we seem to be linked with kids but you can't you, know, you can't is... manage the senior players you can't so, manage so you... Them. Nah. to be fair I, I i would i would be hoping because we went for a young i would hope the age bracket we target in the summer is roughly like 24 to 27 whoever we bring in yeah. you know fits like you know someone like gabriel jesus fits in even though i don't really want telemans he fits in 
that sort of age bracket. So yeah. not young, but just obviously the, the barrier up from where we operated like in the last one. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. you know, you know, guys who are ready to go now, because you know, I did want to ask you this question as well. We have been linked with a lot of players who play in the prem. Um, uh, do, do you do you foresee a reason why, or do you foresee a reason why Arteta might go down that route? Can you know? Obviously, last summer we got Ramsdale White. Um, we were linked heavily with Neves. We're now linked heavily with Tielemans, Jesus. Um, any particular reason, or you know, the, the Prem ready, you know, aspect, or he, he's just um, he, he values that maybe above other profiles abroad. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think this Prem Prem experience thing is massively overstated, but. I, I, I think it's probably something he's targeting. I'm trying to think who who he's bought. That's that's worked from outside. It's only really Odegaard, isn't it? And that was a, he didn't really work on in his loan. He didn't. Well, it wasn't great. I don't know. I don't know. So you're gonna love this one. This is this is one for you. This is one you're very passionate about. Um, Count Draxula on Twitter asked, "What has happened to ESR?" He was one of the front runners to be player of the season for us, but his form fell apart during the second half of the season. Are you concerned about his development? Yes, I am. And I hope, <laughs> I'm so glad because almost on a daily basis, we have this debate and argument in the group chat and it's me against the world. If you, it's like, even though he, he did limp off the pitch in this game when he got dragged on the 52nd minute. And what I did notice as well is that when um, remember when Enketia got a yellow card mm. when he went up for that time? Was it with Shaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESR was doing a lot of stretching during that break and nobody else was. Mm-hmm. The other places with Arteta and the Newcastle players was just standing around. But ESR was, was stretching out. Mm-hmm. Um, After the game, Arteta did say he did list all the players with problems and ESR was, was one of them. Because I, I, you know, and it, here's my standpoint, and you can come back on this because I know you're quite passionate about it. I, I feel his season, obviously, I just don't think he's been fully fit this second half of the season. A lot of the stuff I felt he was doing, you know, when you talk about ball carriers, ESR's a ball carrier. I classify him as a ball carrier. He hasn't really carried the ball at all in the second half of the season. I just think he's he's not looked fully fit to me at all. And, and maybe that might be part of the reason why he hasn't started as much, why he's been on the bench a bit more. Um, he did an interview earlier this season where he spoke about he's trying to be a bit more healthy. You know, he's he's trying to change his diet. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I I feel like he he has struggled with fitness. He's always been someone who struggled with fitness generally. You know, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that he's Arteta's favorite guy. And mm-hmm. I, and I and I and I think in the area that he's operated best and that he does operate best. I don't think he stands a chance of getting ahead of Odegaard for this guy. This mm-hmm. guy loves Odegaard and Odegaard can play shit as he wants and he he will not lose his place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think maybe Yassar isn't fit. Maybe he isn't. But, you know, he ain't had no running game since he um, lost his place. Apparently it's through injury. He only missed one game through injury. And since then, he started eight of 24 games. It's probably something along those lines. Yeah. 
So, you know, he, 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 he's, he's lost his place. I like ESR. Do I think ESR is um, a high enough quality left winger to make Arsenal one of the best four sides in this country? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead. All right. Sorry, you can speak. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I but um, yeah, do I think he's um, a high enough quality player to be a, a starting left winger? No, not not as a left winger. A ten, yeah, I think he could be, and I think he is. But I don't think he's getting. I don't think he's ever going to get ahead of my man as a ten. So, so to 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 play devil's advocate to that point because he's had quite a few cameos this season centrally where Arteta has paired him with Odegaard as as a, as a central midfield pairing. Yeah, and, he's not and quite he right hasn't looked. He, he hasn't. Neither quite, of them have. They've yeah. both been shit in those games. So, okay. But I can guarantee which one's going to start the next one and which one ain't. Now, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree too tough with you. I think it's a watch this space one. We'll, we'll see how it pans out next season. Um, on that point, we spoke earlier about needing roughly about six signings in the summer. So King Lex on Twitter asked, I believe we need six to seven summer signings, um, a minimum of five being starters. Um, so who... If we do sign six, who in this who stays in the starting eleven? Uh, I think the only indispensables for me are Gabriel, Saka, Partey, um, yeah, it's just, it's the, they're the only starters that I would say. Yeah, you, you're you're not gonna improve on and you and and you you don't need to look at improving on in the slightest i would i I would i would only say those you don't need yeah you don't you don't need a new keeper we've got two good enough keepers Mm -hmm. well um i guess obviously yeah we will have some sort we'll have a striker joining we don't know who that will be we don't know we'll have two forwards joining so one will definitely be a starter we don't know if the other will be a squad player or a starter for me personally. There's the thing as well. Um, I I hate I hate the notion of signing squad players. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Dan Dan Coos mentioned this point earlier today. You know, and his argument was that we're trying to get better. So whoever we sign should be better to either provide that competition for yeah. whoever's starting, or yeah, should demote the starter. Players that are clearly inferior and say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, well, if something goes wrong, we've got better backup. You Because you, the start isn't good enough already. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's insanity. And, 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 and this was my issue with Nuno Tavares and Sambi Lokonga this summer. People were saying they were booked to raise the quality of the squad generally or yeah, raise the I floor of the squad. But, you know, we need to replace Xhaka in the team. So I don't know why we booked Lokonga. The thing is that finally leaves. I don't know, man. Just when I think he's going to, he ends up staying. But I think we need to eat. I actually think, do you know what I'm going to say as well? I actually think he's been good this year, by the way. Yeah, I think Jack has been one of Arsenal's better players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, no, very no. solid. But what we spoke he's about a, earlier. He, he, he's, other than him getting himself sent off deliberately against City, which I believe he did. Other people don't, but I think he knew he was getting a red card for that tackle. I don't think he wanted to know. 
Um, yeah, I, I, even even the red card against Liverpool, you can't really fault him for that. Or the pen against City in the home game. Again, you can't really fault him for that. It's just... and, 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 and we mentioned this in the group chat. I actually think if Xhaka was a squad player, nobody would have any issues. But this is the thing. Yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly what should happen, though. Mm-hmm. You should buy a quality central midfielder that's on Partey's level. Mm-hmm. And Xhaka is now the deputy for, mm-hmm. for, for both or either. And, and, that, and, and that's fine. That's okay. And that makes a lot of sense. That's exactly that, what Xhaka always should have been at Arsenal, though. Xhaka, and that, but also, that lifts the quality of the team as well. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, because what I the, the argument I was making was that we needed better than Jacka. We bought Lokonga, who's not better than Jacka. No, Lokonga's you know I mean? not Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think... We, I think we, we, we loaned out three midfielders this summer, or ja- this season, I should say, because Maitland-Niles went in January, innit? But we loaned out three central midfielders that are better than Lokonga. Gwendozi, Torreira and Maitland-Niles are all comfortably better than Lukonga. And if we're being real, Joe Willock is also better than Lukonga. So we got rid of four midfielders that are better than my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really don't disagree. That's... Like, you, you know, some some people are saying, oh, you're, you're being a bit harsh and Lukonga's only 22. But I'm like, Lukonga's the same age as Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu was ready and we bought him and he was calm. Do you know what I mean? All the other guys are only a year older than him. Like, White was 23, we bought him, Ramsdale 23, Odegaard 23. These guys all came in to contribute straight away. You know? Yeah. He, yeah. The, the, the 20, he's, 20, he's, what, he's what, 23? Yeah. He's, he's going to be 23 this year. But yeah, he's not a baby. How, how old was Pogba when he went to Man United? Probably like 23. Go figure. Yeah. How, how old was Fabregas when he left us for Barcelona? Probably like 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, 23, yeah. Do me a favor. That that look 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 yeah, Lakonga. I don't I don't know what he does. I've been watching him for half a season. I don't know what he does. And uh, you know, I, and my issue, people were like, "Oh, don't write him off too early." And listen, he might end up being a good player, but I can only judge based on what I've seen. And what I've seen hasn't impressed me at all. He looks featherweight. He looks very easy to blow off the ball. He's yeah, got he no presence on the pitch. Premier League. He don't get in a bright inside. No, no. I mean, you you look at the he. Got, you don't remember, get Southampton side. Remember, we played you don't against get Brighton. Palace side. We lost against Brighton. They had three PMP midfielders in that midfield that ran him over: Bissouma, Mwepu, and Caicedo. They absolutely destroyed our midfield. How that guy still at Brighton? I have no idea. Who Bissouma? Yeah, he yeah, fits uh, me perfectly. He yeah. wins the ball. He carries the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. I think he, so he, he's another one in the summer who have a year left on his deal. But I think with him, because he's got um, a sexual assault, uh, you know, potential sexual assault case hanging over his head, no one's budging on him yet. So they're waiting to see the result of that case before, you know, potentially moving for him. So, but yeah, for me, he would, I said I would want two centre mids. He would 100% be one of them. Perfect yeah. age. You know, we just spoke about the age bracket. He's 25. Yeah. Bring him in. Bring him in. So, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Hundred, hundred, hundred. We're gonna talk about my boy Saliba. Yes, yes. What, what, what? The floor is yours. The floor is yours. League one, bad, bad, bad piece of management that has proven to be. League one player of the season. A catastrophic error 
which it was always going to be. And people made excuse after excuse for it and they tried to justify it. And it's been proven such a bad decision. And it's clearly nothing to do with football. Nothing to do with football at all. It's clearly a personal issue. And and you know what my point was? People were like, oh, um, he's a young centre-back. If he makes mistakes at Arsenal, he's going to get criticised. Listen, I've seen Gabriel White holding or make numerous mistakes this season. Numerous mistakes. But the, the fact of the matter is... I would rather Saliba making those mistakes at Arsenal, knowing that he's going to do... Because, obviously, he's won League One player of the season and I've watched a lot of games for him for Marseille this season. He's not been great every game, but... No, of course. But he has the attributes of a top... Look at Canate in Liverpool. I was, I was just about to mention him. Just about to mention him. Yeah. You know, let's not forget... And when the experience thing gets brought up and that where he's concerned, right... Gabriel had only played nine league games more than him in the same country. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel was signed by Arsenal after him. And Gabriel started about four days after we signed him. Mm-hmm. We'd only signed him that week. And he came yeah. straight in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with experience or, or age. The manager's not having him. He doesn't like him. And yet, so, again, so, so, so do you not think he's... so? So the reports are saying that he's coming back this summer. And the report said, said that last year. So, so you you think he's gone? You don't think he'll be playing for us? I, I, I don't think Arteta's having him. And, I can't lie to you. And, if and, I don't, and I and I and I doubt, now don't believe that after what Saliba's achieved this season, that he now comes in and says, "Yeah, I'm ready to sit down and be your third choice." And and you also need and, to... and and whatever issues you had with his character before, I don't believe they will have disappeared because it doesn't seem to be the type of person he is and the type of player he is, and it works for him. And he ain't gonna have no shortage of suitors, is he? Not at all. And his, his agent can get him a new move, a move easily. Oh yeah, and, and, easily, and, easily. Saliba will have. We will have clubs lining at the door if we wanted to. Yeah. Sell him. I will be livid if we do sell him because you know you know your your point as well about being a rotational option you need to bear in mind Saliba has now been capped by France and the World Cup is in December Saliba's going to want to go to the World Cup yeah, even yeah. if he's not going to be as a star he will want to go 100 100 million percent and you know France have got you know another new generation of fantastic you know Saliba could be the cornerstone of that you know you, you've just mentioned Canate at Liverpool French so Saliba Canate, you've got Camavinga at Real Madrid, you've got Chua Maney at Monaco, who, you know, everybody's after. Um, he's going to want to play. And it remains to be seen whether he's going to be happy to to be a rotational player at Arsenal next season. I hope he stays, man. I hope he stays, because for me, that, that's a worldy defender. Absolute worldy, worldy defender. So if he does leave, I think we're in a lot of trouble, man. Well, not in a lot of trouble, but I think it's just a massive, massive shame. Oh, Rangers is 1-1. What's this going to get? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Is it going to extra time? Three minutes to go. Three Joe Arriba scored. I remember when Joe Arriba was leaving um, Charlton. He's a good player, Rangers, man. And people was like, oh, Lee Boyer put out some things that, oh, they said that he's dropping down levels by going to Scotland instead of going to play in the Championship with Charlton. Now look at him. Playing in yeah. the, flipping international tournaments and, the Euro, and European finals. 
He'll, he'll, he's probably going to get a big move, I reckon, in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season, he's good, man. He's yeah, good. He's, 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 a, he's a good. Was he player. at Arsenal as a kid? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Don't One know. One of them people was at Arsenal. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Have we got any more questions? Any more questions? No, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I think we've we've covered enough there. Um, so we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you for all the people who tuned in on um, StreamYard to watch us online. Thank you for all the questions on Twitter. Um, guys, it's been a disappointing end to the season. Unless something miraculous happens on Sunday, we will be playing Europa League football next season. But we'll have loads of content for you um, in the summer um, as we move forward. And, you know, we'll have some more Patreon content this week and um, we'll have a post-match after the Everton game on Sunday. So, yeah, Anton, sir, thank you for joining tonight. <laughs> And um, yeah, guys, listeners, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's That's the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where better know when man's in the Chelsea. Lost their focus in the joy of equalizing. But I won't see you right. Man, could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.